Everyone tells me to charge more, but how can I charge more when my clients aren't likely to pay a higher price? I get this question all the time, and I think it warrants a full episode because the answer is not as simple as you may think. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. I see so much content out there telling people to charge more. You're worth more. Charge what you're worth. Raise your prices. But if the clients that you're working with don't likely have the budget for a higher price, then what are you really supposed to do? If you're having a hard time closing clients as it is, do you really think that raising your prices is going to get you more sales or fewer? I think the blanket advice to raise your prices and charge what you're worth is both simplistic and actually sometimes detrimental. Look, there are situations where that's great advice. Sometimes that's the best advice. There are plenty of people out there who struggle to charge higher prices that their clients would actually pay. And they struggle to raise those prices because they don't value themselves. They don't believe that they're worth more. If that's the case, by all means, raise your prices. That might be the best piece of advice. I have given that advice to people who were drastically undercharging, who were clearly worth more, and their clients were willing to pay it. All they had to do was add another zero or add another couple thousand to their price, and nobody balked. Amazing. But if that's not you, and you take that blanket advice, and you raise your prices without a real strategy, It can lead to being overpriced in your market, which can lead to not closing clients, and that creates tons of cash flow issues. So let's explore why your prices are where they are, wherever they are right now. Now, I want to preface this by saying that I don't think there is such a thing as cheap or expensive, underpriced or overpriced. To one person, $10,000 for a branding package might be the cheapest thing in the world. And to another person, it might be wildly out of budget, incredibly expensive. It's all relative and it all depends on who you're talking to and what you're delivering. So with that in mind, let's think about where your prices are and what has determined those prices. The first thing is your experience and the quality of your work. If your prices are low, It might just be because you haven't been doing this long enough or your work is just not as good as it's going to be in the future. This is not a knock on the value of your work. The first time I did anything, I sucked at it, right? The first few times, the first hundred times. If you're newer to design or you haven't done that much branding, the idea that your work would be worth premium prices, worth the prices that experts who have been doing this for 20 years and have worked with incredibly impressive clients and have delivered results and proven their worth, the idea that you would be able to charge the same as them is kind of silly, right? It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. So don't take it as a front to you if your prices are lower because you're just not quite there yet. That's okay. And by the way, I don't think that years of experience equals great work. 
There are plenty of student designers out there whose work is beautiful and amazing. And there are also lots of people in the industry who have been doing this for 30 years. And their work is, in my opinion, leaves a lot to be desired. But it is true that usually when you have a lot of experience, that gives you an opportunity to hone your craft, hone your skills, and often that leads to better work. But sometimes it's not that your work isn't great. It's just that you don't have a lot of examples. So you might be really good at what you do, but how are your prospects? How is the world supposed to know how good you are if you don't have enough examples of your work to show it? Okay, another thing could be determining your price is a lack of process. Your work might be amazing, but you might be pretty terrible at managing projects. And when you don't have a great process, something that you can deliver confidently, when you aren't able to manage projects well, that can make really great work worth a lot less. Another reason your prices might be lower than you'd like is because you haven't built up the ability to communicate the value you deliver. If you're still selling your work based on just how good you think it looks, hey, why can't anyone see the value of my design work? Because I think it's really good and they should be able to see that. If that's how you're thinking about the sale, then you're not truly connecting with the actual value that your clients are looking for. So I don't buy as a client, I don't buy social media posts. I buy the work that is going to generate an audience and build my credibility and build trust and draw leads to me that will eventually become sales, right? Social media posts is not valuable to me. Social media posts that result in more sales, that's what's valuable to me. So if you're communicating value based on the what that you're giving them, the deliverable you're giving them, and not on the tangible result-based outcome, then you're probably not even conscious of the fact that you're not really communicating the value that they're buying from you. And that will depress your prices. Another reason your prices might be lower is a lack of marketing. So if there's no way for people to know that you exist, then you're not going to have a lot of demand. If there's no way for people who do know you exist to get to know you, to see you in action, to see your work, to get to know how you think, to get to know how you approach your work, then there's just not as many people out there who are going to like and trust you enough to hire you. In a lot of this, it's it's a numbers game. The more people that know you, the more people there will be out there that when they need your help, they'll think of you. And that usually comes to, down to marketing. Marketing is a whole other episode, um, many, many episodes. Marketing can just be networking and it can be like full-on authority machine content marketing. So everything that gets people to know that you exist and understand what you do is marketing. But if you lack any sort of marketing, if you have no way of making sure that people are getting to know, like, and trust you, that would be a reason that your prices would be lower than maybe they could be. Another reason your prices might be lower than they could be is a lack of confidence when you are talking to prospects. When I'm hiring someone to deliver a service for me, I'm not actually going to see what I'm going to get until the end. It's not like when you walk into a store and you try on a sweater and you look at yourself in the mirror and if you say, yes, I want to buy this, you know exactly what you got. I got this sweater and this is how it looks on me. When it comes to creative services, we are buying the promise of something later, something that we can't see, which means no matter how great your work is, we're really betting on you. We are 
taking a bit of a leap of faith on the idea that you are going to deliver work that is at least as good, if not better, than what I've seen you've done in the past. And I'm really trusting you and I'm believing you that you are confident that you can do this work. And this happens especially in the earlier years of business. If you don't have confidence in that work, if you aren't super, super clear on the fact that you can deliver at a high level, when you're talking to a prospect, if you can't look them in the eye and say, I understand what you need and I can do it. I know I can do it. I'm going to do something amazing for you. If you don't feel comfortable saying that, whether you actually say that or not, if you don't even feel that way, prospects will feel that. So this is not something that I want you to fake. This is something I want you to build. And we'll talk about this in a second. But if you lack that confidence, I am telling you that your prospects can feel that. And if someone else comes along and they look them in the eye and they say, listen, I don't know who else you're talking to, but I'm amazing at this. And I know what you need. And you need this, this, and this. And I, I heard you. I mean, we have a whole process for this, right? You're not going to just, <laughs> you're not going to just start telling them how amazing you are. Um, but if you go through the process of really listening to them and understanding their challenge and then saying, that challenge, I know exactly how to solve that challenge. I do this all the time and I'm very good at it. If you don't say that, somebody else will. And I don't know about you, but when I'm buying something that I can't see and I have to trust the person, I want to buy the person that really seems like they know what they're doing, right? I want to buy the person who they trust themselves. I don't want to have to believe in that person when they don't believe in themselves. So that comes from your uh, confidence in yourself and your work. And by the way, this doesn't mean that you lack imposter syndrome. Plenty of people have confidence in their work and still have imposter syndrome. Even celebrities have imposter syndrome. So please don't hear this as you must squash all insecurities in order to do this. You can have confidence in yourself and still have insecurities. Both of those things can be true at the same time. And the sister or brother of that is you might also lack confidence in your prices. So you may be charging a price that you don't really believe in or that you actually wouldn't pay. If you would never pay, or if you would have a hard time paying the prices that you are asking people to pay you, how can you expect for others to pay it? It's really hard to be confident in your own pricing if you would never pay that. And finally, it's likely a mix of some of these or all of them, right? None of these are black and white. You don't have or lack confidence. You don't have a process or lack a process. Usually you have you're somewhere on this continuum. And the point is the more you have of each of these, the the better your work, the better your examples, the the tighter your process, the better you are at communicating your value, the better your marketing, the more confidence you have when you're talking to prospects, the more confidence you have in your pricing. All of these things equal how much you're able to charge. So initially, the question was, how can I charge more when my clients won't likely pay? That's not really the right question to ask because that assumes that the money in their bank account is determining whether or not they'll pay the price that you're asking. Instead, what determines if they'll pay that price has much more to do with all the things I just listed and how they all line up for the person that you're talking to. Because if for example, your prospects are business owners and they need what you have to offer. If rebranding their business, if getting a new website that shows them as a more premium brand will help them attract better clients and sell at higher price points. 
then they can't afford not to do it with you. So even if they have no money in the bank, if they believe that working with you will help them get clients and charge more, then it would be worth basically anything. They should just go borrow that money from somebody else. So how much money somebody has in the bank or what their quote budget is doesn't really determine this. Now, you can be amazing at all of these and plenty of people will still quote not have the budget to to work with you. This doesn't eliminate that. But those are not people that you are going to be working with because when you have all of this confidence and all of this clarity around your process and your work is amazing, there are lots of other people that will work with you. So what should you do? Well, first, you should work on all of these things, right? Get in the reps by working on as many projects as possible. Working on projects is how you get better. Working on lots of projects is how you practice. If you want to improve your skills in your craft, so in branding, in design, in websites, there's two ways to do it. And I think you should do both of them. You should continue your education in it. You should be doing a lot of the work. And then you should be working with a lot of clients so that you can try things. Every time you work with a client, go above and beyond. Do your best work every single time. It's how you get better. And this is also how you'll build a portfolio of work that you'll want to show off. And listen, Every client you work with is not going to be work you're going to want to show off, especially in the beginning when your process isn't super tight. You can end up with work that the client takes off the rails. You make something amazing in the beginning and then they water it down and water it down and water it down to the point where you really don't want anyone to see it. And in those situations, first of all, I understand, I don't think you should show work that you don't love because When you put work on your website, when you have case studies or examples, I only want you to show work that is exactly the kind of work that you would love to do more of. I also want you to show yourself in your best light. I used to make the mistake of showing everything. And we literally had every project we ever did on our website. And that was such a mistake. You know what is so much more powerful is just to show maybe your your best six projects. And that's it. The six projects that demonstrate exactly what you do and your best work. And I even think it's better to show the project the way that you think it should have ended instead of where it did end. I would rather see what a designer or a brander thinks the brand should be than what the client ended up with. Because I'm not hiring what the client's taste is. I'm hiring what the designer can do. So get the reps in. Work with as many clients as possible as soon as possible. The second thing I would do is work on your process. Do you have a process that you can really own with confidence? Can you lead your clients through your process with confidence? This is what we teach inside No BS Agency Mastery. I give you these processes and then I coach you on adapting them to your business and building your confidence by actually doing the work going through the motions of implementing my processes and then making them your own is how you build confidence and your clients will feel that. I also want you to learn how to close prospects with ease. If you are trying to convince someone on why design is so important for their business or explaining branding to them or trying to convince them why their website is important and why they should give it a facelift and why their website isn't converting the way that they should be. If you're trying to convince a prospect on any of this and you're fighting against their lack of understanding, it's really going to come off as desperate and not actually that valuable. 
It's also a losing game. That is not how you close premium clients. Instead, what I want you to do is learn how to connect with people and ask the questions that really get to the heart of their challenge. Dig deep, listen, and understand what they really need. And once you've fully understood where they are and what they need and what their biggest problems are, then and only then should you offer your services. And when you do it this way, not only is it full of integrity, but you never feel like you're selling. And you'll actually end up feeling way more confident in your conversations and a client will trust you more. I know anytime I've been on a call with a prospect and I felt like I needed to prove myself or I needed to convince them of something that they didn't seem to believe, that's when I've felt insecure. That's when I've felt salesy and icky. I think that's the reason people feel so icky about sales, because they think that sales is about convincing, when really great sales have nothing to do with convincing the other person or even really educating them. It has to do with listening and understanding. This is what our lead product process is all about. And it's actually the very first thing we teach inside No BS Agency Mastery because it's so critical to your success. In fact, most of our students learn and execute the entire lead product process from start to finish in the first 23 days of joining us. And the difference it can make in your confidence and communication can change the way you manage a project forever after. Another thing you're going to want to do is build your confidence in your prices. Now, I recommend doing this by raising your prices incrementally so that your confidence raises with them. I had a student recently who had never sold anything for more than $3,000, and he did the process and pitched the next project for $13,000 because he said he saw other people's prices and he thought, well, that's standard and that's what I want to get paid. The problem is $13,000 wasn't standard for him. He hadn't built his own confidence in that price. So what happened? The person didn't buy. And then they said their budget was more like 6K. Now, he could really use that $6,000 right now. But now he is feeling insecure because he's not sure what he's supposed to do. Should he go back and say, oh, sorry, I'll actually do it for half the price. Whoops. And even if he did do that, how would that prospect feel? I know if it was me, I wouldn't trust them. That makes their price seem arbitrary. If you pitch me something for $13,000 and I say no, and then you come back and say, oh, okay, I'll do it for six, I would think, wow, I was about to pay you $13,000 when that really doesn't mean anything to you. You're willing to do this for, for a fraction of that. No, let's get rid of that completely. Instead, I want you to genuinely build your confidence and trust in your price for yourself. Now, the best way I've found to do this is by actually selling it at those prices. Think about it this way. If you sell something over and over and over again for $5,000, let's say, everybody that you offer it to, they pay for it. Let's say you just sold 10 projects in a row and they were all $5,000. And then the the next person you speak to, you say $5,000 and they say, oh, that's too much. No, I don't have the budget for that. What are you going to feel or think about that? Probably nothing, right? You're going to think, oh, I guess they just didn't have the budget (laughs) or they didn't really see the value in this or I guess they're just not a good fit for me. You're not gonna think, gee, I must be overpriced because so many people already paid you $5,000. You know that it's worth this. 
But if overnight you go from selling at 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, and then you just raise it to 20 and you offer it to the next person for $20,000 and that person says, "Mm, this is too much, then what are you going to think? Are you going to think, oh, that's just not my client. It's fine. I'll just offer it to the next person. Probably not. You're probably going to start to question that price point and you're going to wonder, hmm, maybe it's not worth 20,000. Maybe my work isn't worth 20,000. Did I overprice this, right? You're going to have all these reasons to question your pricing because you haven't built up your own internal confidence and belief in that price. So the way that you can combat this is we can build true, real confidence in pricing by raising your price incrementally. That's how I've found you can have a rock solid confidence in whatever price you are charging. So if you want to charge $20,000, but right now you're charging five, I wouldn't do it by just multiplying your price by four. I would sell it at five a couple of times until you feel really good about it. And then I would raise it a little bit. Now, what is a little bit? It could be 250. It could be 500. It could be a thousand. I wouldn't raise it more than 20%, let's say, at least at first. Because what happens when you raise your price from 5,000 to 5,500 and you offer it to the next person and they say, that's way too much? Well, it's only $500 more than you've been selling it for. So I don't think you're going to feel as uneasy about it. It's not going to shake your confidence. You're not going to go, oh my goodness, this is so overpriced. I, I grossly overpriced this. No, you're going to think, well, I've sold this for $5,000 many, many times. Now that it's 5,500, it's not like it's that much more. This person telling me it's too much, it just means that it's too much for them and that's okay. And you'll be able to stomach that rejection of that person because you'll know the next person is going to say yes. If they were gonna say yes at 5,000, they're probably gonna say yes at 5,500. And so then you sell it at 5,500 once or twice and then you raise it again, maybe to 5,750 or 6,000 and just do this over and over again. That's how I raised our price of our brand up from 3,000 for a one day to 10,000 for a one day in six months. It actually started in the six months before that. So I sold our brand ups at $3,000 a day for six months without raising the price. And we were slammed. We had so many people working with us at that point because I had built up a lot of momentum beforehand trying to sell much bigger projects. So I had been pitching projects for twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, having a very hard time selling them. And then when I decided to go all in on our no BS model on the intensives, and I got rid of those $20,000, $30,000 projects, and I only started selling one day intensives for $3,000, I had this huge network of people who thought of me at that really high premium price. And so they had a lot of trust. So it was a really easy yes to get. So I was selling these brand ups for $3,000 and we were doing like multiples a week. It was crazy. We were doing a lot of work, a lot of projects. About six months after that, I started to realize, wow, I should probably increase the price of this. And a story for another day, but I analyzed the pricing and I realized I wanted to sell it for $10,000 eventually. And so here I was at $3,000. I wanted to sell it for ten. dollars I didn't jump the price up. Instead, I said, okay, that's my goal. And so I'm just going to raise it a little bit and I'm going to see if I can sell it at that. And so I think I raised it to 3,500. I sold it once or twice. Then I raised it to 4,000, sold it once or twice. Then I raised it to 5,000. Between 5,000 and 10,000, I believe I raised it $1,000 every month 
maybe even twice in one month, every time I sold a couple, I would raise it a thousand. It took me less than six months to get that price to $10,000. And when I was selling it for $10,000, I was really confident in that price because I had had people happily pay me every price along the way. So I got to 10,000 believing in my price point the whole time. Now, if you're priced at 3,000 and you feel like I need to be charging 10,000 for this, and so it feels like a lot of work to get to 10,000 this way, you know, it's a lot more work holding out for a price point that you can't close, not making any money and stressing about it. I recommend you sell as many as you can now get the reps in, build the confidence and sell, raise, sell, raise. Six months is really not that long to go from $3,000 a day to $10,000 a day. And it just came from doing the reps and selling a bunch of projects. So bring it back one more time. The question was, how can I charge more when my clients won't likely pay more? Well, first you have to become more valuable with all of the things that I'm talking about. And as you build all of these skills, two things are going to happen. First, you will close some of these people that supposedly don't have the budget. The people that you think won't pay more will pay more because they actually do have the budget if you have all of these things in line. If you've got that confidence and that process and that amazing work, like the better you are at all of these aspects of the sale and of the delivery, There will be people in your world who don't have a budget for you right now who will have that budget. But the second thing that's going to happen is in order to build all of these skills, you're going to be building your network and your confidence. That is part of this. And as you build your network and your confidence and your skills and your process and your work and you get the reps in so your work gets better and you get more confident in that work and you have better and better work to show off, All of these things are going to be happening simultaneously. And as you do that, you will start to become attractive to more and more people with higher and higher budgets. So stop focusing on just how can I increase the price if people won't pay it and start focusing on how to become more valuable so that people would be silly not to pay it. Everything I outlined in this episode today are things that we teach you inside No BS Agency Mastery. Because these are all the aspects of you as a business owner and of how you run your business that determine how profitable you are, how much freedom you can have, and how much ease you will have in running your business. If that's something that you want to work on this year, go to nobsagencies.com backslash apply, check out the video on that page and book a call with my team. There is no time like the present to start tweaking all of these aspects of you as a leader in your business and the way that you run your projects, the way that you show up for your clients, the way that you lead your clients through the process so that they can get maximum value and so that you can love your business again. That's all I've got for you today. I will talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 